So, you know, you prompted something for me, Josh, when you, when you talked about millennials, because I feel like this is a really hot button issue. Um, and something that I've actually helped or um, companies with and really focused on is this millennial piece, right? Or even the right. younger generation where, you know, there's this narrative of, you know, they're lazy, they are entitled, they don't want to <laughs> work, they don't really want to do anything, right? I'm sure you guys have heard this. And you touched on something of, well, wait a second, what if it's more about speaking maybe a different language or maybe a, a language that's a little bit different than, you know, what our parents went through or even kind of us for us were similar ages, I think. Um, you know, where it's just kind of like, oh, these are just like why you do what you do when it comes to work, that there's kind of a different narrative that needs to happen and you can engage, you know, this, this age range. Is, is that kind of what I was hearing? Oh, ab absolutely. I think you just, you know, we as leaders, we need to adjust too, because it's not a one size fits all. And so when we realize, you know, what sparks their fire, what makes them passionate? Right. And maybe we have millennials who come to the job initially because, yeah, it pays the bills. And I've had employees that, you know, initially come to the job because it pays the bills. <coughs> and then they they end up some of the top performing, best producing because they buy into the vision and they understand what they're there for and how that has a positive impact. You know, and so finding what basically what sparks them. And again, with the generations, it's also not a one size fits all. You can't just, you know, say all millennials are lazy. Right. Some of the hardest workers I know are, are millennials um, or, you know, boomers or Gen Z, Gen X, the forgotten generation, they say. Um, but yeah, I think just identifying what, you know, what makes them tick, what makes them want to come to work. And uh, yeah, it, but it's not easy either. It takes more work on our part. Oh, for sure. Right? It's really easy enough to be like, ah, this is this is the goal. This is what we're doing. Do it now or you're in trouble. Uh, but no, it's tailoring each individual um, kind of leadership styles. You know, yeah. we adapt. I, I try and adapt to each person that I'm interacting with. Different um, strokes for different folks is one of the biggest, the earliest leadership <laughs> lessons I ever learned is that what works for my interaction with Josh right. will not be the same interaction potentially of what works with my interaction with Michael, if he's on my team, like that's, you've got to be able to adapt. So in a weird way, like leaders are like chameleons and you've got to be able to adapt <laughs> to whoever you're dealing with, not inauthentically. You've just got to be able to meet somebody where they are right. and understand, like you've heard that the five love languages, you know, for, with, with you and your partner, or even with friendship and things like that, you've got to understand how the people that you're working with respond to the best when it comes to communication and be able to meet them there. So that's why leaders are constantly evolving and constantly and it learning. It requires work on our part because we got to invest in ourselves, right? Right. Which is where, you know, for example, attending a seminar with <laughs> with Michael, you know, would be beneficial. Uh, he came and spoke at our chamber lunch that one time. And right. I, I took away a lot and I learned a lot. And you caused us to challenge ourselves and our thinking. Right. Um, but as leaders, we got to constantly be learning. So... Oh, thank you for that. Yeah, it's true. And I, I, that kind of leads me into my next question for you guys. What are some of the specific things? It might even be a book or a, a podcast or, you know, just even in your journey, what's helped you continue to grow and kind of keep that fire going so you don't kind of slip off, like you mentioned, and go into the management realm, but stay focused right. on growing and sort of stretching yourself as a leader? Uh, I'm going to take this one first. And nice. again, not, not to, uh, <laughs> I love it. Not to just give you a <laughs> shout out here because we're on the podcast, but, 
um, as I mentioned to you at one of the chamber lunches, I believe, a month or two ago, Michael. Um, and I was going through a lot as a leader, right? I was being tested every day um, through, you know, just a lot, a lot of different things in the industry. But um, something as simple as making sure that we're surrounding ourselves with the right people, the right information. You know, when I wake up in the morning, do I choose to, you know, turn on the news and look at all the depression and the wars and the tragedy and mm -hmm. start my morning at, with a sense of negativity? Uh, no, you know, I'll, I'll open LinkedIn or Facebook or something and look at, you know, leadership and not just to like feel lighthearted or like, oh yeah, we're motivational for the day. But um, <laughs> seriously, your posts, right. you post, I feel like almost daily. Yeah. Uh, and for whatever reason, it was just what I needed almost every day that week. And that was one of the most mm -hmm. difficult weeks probably in my career and life as a leader. And so surrounding myself with that, um, you know, uh, I, I love John, John Maxwell, Simon Sinek, I think, and, and different, or did we determine if it was Sinek or Sinek? I, do you know this one, Michael? I, I think it's Simon Sinek is what I've heard, but okay. Sinek, okay. Fair enough. um, you know, and different, different leadership, uh, con consultants and, and, uh, each one's different, but, uh, I will say Michael Wollston. His consulting company is pretty legit. <laughs> Fairly solid. Not just because so, we're on the podcast. Exactly. But Michael's got some words no, of wisdom. You guys are kind. No, thank you. Okay. Yeah, your social media game is on point. So just you you seem to drop the right thing at the right time. Like I know for Josh, for he got, you know, obviously got a lot of encouragement there. But yes. for me, there's just been certain ones that like right at the right time was just, you know, exactly what I needed to hear. Whether it be personally something I'm dealing with or something to file away that I know that will probably come up in a leadership journey down the road is that it's, it, it's a collection, it's a conglomerate. It's not, you know, if you think you're, if you're a leader and you think you know everything, you're the farthest thing from a leader at that, at that point in time is just, you've gotta be able to learn from everybody around you. Cause you know, you wanna be successful, copy success to become successful. So. Yeah, yeah. so true, so true. So one big question for the two of you, and I'd love for you to both to answer this. How do you feel like your faith has helped really um, help you grow as a leader and how do you feel like it's influenced who you are? Cause sometimes there's kind of this idea of, Oh, I have to keep that separate, you know, from my work life and my faith life and, and those types of things. How, how do you feel like it's made an impact for each of you? Oh, I'll say for me, um, uh, the fact that I don't have to keep them separate. Cause I'm like, you know, it's, I'm a independently, you know, run business that we're on. I'm an independent contractor with a parent company, but I don't have to, I can be wide open with what my faith is. I'm still, you know, inclusive with everybody, but I get a chance to not be shy about, um, about who I am, what I believe, who my Lord and savior is. And even though I've got that ability, sometimes you can compartmentalize and you can say one thing, but then just the way that you're acting, not incongruent, you're just not fully focused. Oh, I'm focused on everybody else, but I'm really focused on growing myself. I think when it really got to the point to where I turned this, that I'm in the field that I'm in, you know, God called me into this field, whether I wanted to be here or not, God call, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And once I got that part dialed in, I'm starting to see the fruits of it now. And I spent years fighting that of going, why am I here? I'm not naturally gifted for this. Like kind of that push and pull of, Am I in the right spot? Do I fully believe this is where God has me for a purpose, for a calling? I do feel strongly, but then the evidence says different, head versus heart. 
once I got that dialed in and went like, no, this is where I'm called for. It's not always going to be perfect, but the vision and the, the, what he's called me to do, I can't accomplish that in my own strength. And once I know that anything that I do is him working through me, that's where I know like I can accomplish anything because I'm not trying to do it all on my own. That's all the time we have for this episode. To keep listening, continue on to the next part.